1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer Asverland. In today's episode, I'm going to share some ways of dealing with disrespectful behavior in children, the attitude, the rude and or condescending tone of voice, Some psychologists and therapists are buzzing about this culture of disrespect that we're seeing from children for their parents that seems to be infiltrating modern families. So first, I'm going to cover some information and quick background as to what these psychologists and therapists are finding. If you've watched the video on our website at yourvillageonline.com about the introduction to discipline, then you're familiar with the four different parenting styles and how one of these in particular can lead to a culture of disrespect in the home. This style is the permissive style, and it is in high use today. But even if you don't use the permissive style, disrespect can often be exhibited and come into play, which I'll get to that in a minute. But first, let's just dig into this permissive style just a little bit so you can understand it. Now, according to Leonard Sachs, a family therapist, and many, many other therapists and psychologists also agree with his conclusions, myself included, there has been a massive transfer of authority from parent to child over the past 30 years, so much so that the kids' opinions, preferences, and wants have become at least as, but in some cases, even more important than those of the parents. This, of course, leads to big problems with entitlement and therefore disrespect. The detriments of using the permissive style are very problematic and go way beyond entitlement into kids who are lacking in resilience, self-control, there's higher rates of obesity, and they're generally unhappy and less satisfied compared to those children from homes with other parenting styles. Now, I'm not going to go into the depths and lessons on these parenting styles. as It's a whole other topic. So if you're interested in learning about that, be sure to check out the intro to discipline as well as our other discipline classes on the website. And especially if you're wanting to set up some solid, respectful boundaries in your daily discipline exchanges. So what about parents who are using the democratic or authoritarian style of parenting, which is our positive discipline, rules and boundaries with follow through, warmth and kindness, but with firmness. Because we are treating our children with respect, rather than controlling them through fear, that disrespect is going to rear its ugly head sometimes. So it's a matter of teaching and coaching respectful behaviors and making sure that rules and guidelines around respect are set up, understood, and adhered to. And I actually got a call this week from Mary about just this subject. She has a nine-year-old who she was afraid was actually hitting adolescence very early. So we talked about these rules I'm going to cover with you now, and then the ways that she could implement them in her home and apply them to her particular situations and areas of struggle that she was having with her daughter. So first and foremost, model respectful behavior. This means with your children, of course, but also with your spouse or partner. The bad driver in the car next to you, your neighbor, your family members, etc. Use a tone with your children that you would expect them to use with you and with each other. We can't bark orders at them or not use please and thank you and then expect that they'll remember to do it. Our kids watch our every move and they pick up behavior both good and bad from us. We've probably all had that moment when our kids have said or done something that was less than savory That oops moment where we know exactly where they picked it up. I have a few of these myself, a couple of swear words (laughs) that I won't share, but I've had a couple of those that I've, things I've done or tones of voice I've used and I know exactly where they got it. So I know then that I need to watch myself better. If you're mad or frustrated with someone, like a neighbor, a friend, a relative, another driver on the road, bite your tongue while your kids are around. You can always unload later with your spouse or partner or a friend once the kids are out of earshot or in bed later that night. Also, define respect in your home. This may take some time and thought, but sit down and really think about it. What does respect mean to you? What does it look like, sound like, feel like? In a two-parent household, sit down with your partner and create your answers together about what respectful interaction means to you, and how you want it to look and play out in your family. In our house, respect is of course the respectful tones, the asking, the gentle reminding, the inquiring without accusing, that type of thing. But it also means leaving room for people to share disappointments, but in a respectful manner not the whining or complaining or woe is me. This takes a lot of coaching and reminding with our kids. So it's going to take some patience, but use it, keep reminding, and you will start to see it come back. And you'll be very pleasantly surprised when you start to hear them use that nice tone of voice and you'll know that it's sinking in. This brings me to the next point. Teach our kids how to disagree respectfully. It's important to give kids room to share disappointments or if they feel slighted or they disagree. But there's the right way to disagree and the wrong way. Disagreeing the right way means sharing feelings and inquiring without accusing. It's not fair is one of my least favorite statements these days. I hear it a lot. So we work on helping our kids share their feelings. I coach them to say something like this. I'm feeling disappointed because I was hoping to get the turn to go next. Instead, everyone stopped playing. Can everyone please let me have a turn before quitting? That sounds like a lot, but kids are capable of a lot if they're taught. And when they start to complain, I stop them, coach them, and then I have them practice. So the statement that I help them share, they then have to say it back to me. I say, what are you going to say next time? How are you going to handle this differently next time? And then they will then repeat back to me what I've coached them on. And pretty soon you'll start to hear them start to use their words and say things like, I'm feeling mad, I'm feeling angry, I'm feeling frustrated, I'm feeling disappointed, and start sharing their feelings in a more respectful manner. Also teach social skills. Now this is a wide category It includes the basics like listening to others, sharing, and taking turns. But it also touches on a sense of empathy, recognizing other people's emotions and being able to respond appropriately. Now this is a big job and there's a lot to this and there's lots of classes on our site and some that are even upcoming about social skills, development and teaching social skills. Also have clear boundaries and consequences for aggressive and or mean behavior. Aggression should never be allowed. This means both physical and emotional or verbal aggression. Hitting, punching, kicking, as well as name calling or mean-spirited talk is never allowed. The consequence needs to be immediate and big enough to be meaningful. Now with that said, I also want to caution that the hitting, kicking, punching is very common in young toddlers. year and a half, two, even three, it's really hard for them to share their feelings right off the bat. They immediately go to that physical aggression. So without coming down too hard on toddlers about that, you want to teach better ways, but it certainly isn't like a ridiculous consequence on a toddler, right? We just want to keep working with them and teach better ways. But by the time our kids are four and five, we definitely need to expect that they can resolve conflict without hitting, punching, kicking, and definitely no name calling. Name calling is never okay. So the consequence needs to be immediate and big enough to be meaningful. If you've listened to my class on consequences or the full positive discipline classes, then you know I share that consequences should be a last resort in almost every case. But when it comes to aggression, that is the exception except like I said, with the toddlers, because they were just really working with them and coaching them and teaching them better ways, which we also do with older kids. But by age four and five, there needs to be a consequence for that type of behavior because then it's just unacceptable at that point. It comes down fast and it comes down hard. These behaviors are the opposite of respectful. But we also want to deliver the message with respect. We want to model respect as we're delivering the consequence. So you could say something like, we do not hit. Hitting hurts. This behavior is absolutely unacceptable because you hit your brother, you will not be allowed to go to Brandon's birthday party tomorrow. Now, that's pretty harsh and it would be for an older child, say seven or older, because as I mentioned by seven, the child should have developed enough self-control to refrain from hitting. So by seven, if they're hitting, that's a pretty big deal and very unacceptable. Curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com/podcast with the code PARENTING for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Now obviously these consequences change as children age. Coaching is always involved. No matter the age, coaching is always involved. With toddlers, coaching is first. Always gonna coach. If they're hitting with a toy, you're gonna take the toy away. Even if they're three or four and they're still working on it, they still don't get to have the toy. But you're always gonna coach because if they had a better way, they would have used it. So they still need your help. They still need coaching. You want to help them learn what to do better the next time. How to stop and think and respond appropriately using their words or if they're feeling too overwhelmed, coming to get an adult's help to resolve that conflict. So more on how to use these tools. You can also see any of the discipline classes on the website. Discipline tools for toddlers, discipline tools for preschoolers, elementary age kids, which is five to 10. Next, teach kids about and give opportunities for responsibility. Children should have jobs around the house just as a part of being a contributing family member. Everyone pitches in, everyone helps. Kids don't get weighted on hand and foot, they contribute. This teaches respect and important life skills. They can also do some extra jobs to earn allowance as well. And I discuss this jobs by age and how to balance jobs as a contributing family member versus jobs for allowance in a class on chores and allowance on the website if you're interested in learning more about ways to implement that in your home. Kids also need to take more and more ownership of and responsibility for their homework process as they age. And if you're interested in learning more about that, I do have a class on homework and I share exactly how to hand off this process over the years as your kids go through school and what you can realistically expect by grade level. Another piece of responsibility is taking care of belongings. Children need to learn how to take care of their things, getting in the habit of and putting them away when they are done, and also cleaning and caring for their own rooms. They should be expected to keep track of belongings at school and be responsible for them when they lose things. There also should be a system for the child repaying for any losses. If a child loses their hat at school and a parent just replaces it, What lesson does that teach about responsibility? What does it teach about respecting our things? They learn, well, I could just lose it because my mom's just gonna buy me another one. So that teaches the opposite of responsibility and the opposite of respecting things and respecting people's time and respecting people's money. So we don't wanna do that. Another great way is teaching about respect every time you see it or you see the opposite. Did a man give up his seat to an elderly gentleman? Did the person in front of you hold the door for you? Discuss this with your child, as well as when you see or experience some disrespectful behavior. Teach about diversity. Teach your children to recognize and appreciate differences in others. Your children most likely have, had, or will have a student with special needs in their classroom and surely in their school, as well as children from different cultural backgrounds and ethnic diversity as well. There are some great books and activities to learn from, and we have a Pinterest board called Multicultural Education with lots of pins to different crafts, activities, and books where you can explore other cultures with your children. Then lastly, we're gonna talk about manners, teaching manners. Through age two, we model manners for our kids. At age three, we expect manners and gently remind, but by the time they're four and older, we enforce manners. This includes pleases and thank yous, but also includes speaking in a respectful tone and listening to others and not interrupting. Now, Linda in Sacramento sent in a question this week. My two-year-old daughter has been quite the handful lately, screaming no at us a lot and refusing to do even the smallest request. I'm glad you're asking this question, Linda, because so many parents come up against and struggle with this. So first, I want to start by sharing what it means to be two years old from a developmental standpoint. We child development experts and psychologists use a term we call developmentally appropriate. So as maddening as these behaviors are, they do fall into being Developmentally appropriate. It doesn't mean you don't want to work on it or teach better skills. And there are some great ways to do this, which I'll share in just a moment. But it does mean that this is what we do expect to see. So, around the age of 18 months to two years is when we really start to see a real push for independence. And you're seeing part of this push in the use of the word no. During the second year, Most children move through a stage of saying no pretty much all day long and doing the exact opposite of what is requested of them. Now, this stems from their developing sense of self. They are learning they can voice an opinion and they're testing the power of that opinion. Children need to experience this so that they can move beyond it. So as annoying as it is, we got to get through it and move beyond it. They're also learning how to speak up for themselves, which is also an important life skill. So now our job becomes how to teach them to do this in a socially appropriate manner. And this takes some time and patience. Two-year-olds are also developing and experiencing more complex emotions such as fear and jealousy. They're finding themselves in more complex social situations like sharing space and resources with other toddlers. All of this is happening while they have yet to develop the ability to deal with it all effectively. They have very few skills at this point. Now I do have a class called Your Developing Toddler that is currently in progress and it will be added to the website in the next several weeks. And it covers every aspect of toddler development. How to assist your child on every level from social, emotional, language, physical development, and more. So if you're interested in being alerted when that class goes online, be sure to sign up for our newsletter at yourvillageonline.com contact. And you'll see the form right there on the left-hand side near the top of the page. So just having this understanding of what is happening with our toddler from a developmental standpoint and how to coach her in learning these skills is a huge step and a huge relief for many parents. But let's talk about a few really good tools that you can use right now to garner better cooperation. One is Choices. Offer choices all day long. This helps your toddler gain a feeling of control and ownership and is then much more likely to cooperate. At this young age, choices need to be concrete and limited to two. So things like toast or cereal, apple or banana, sneakers or sandals. This gives them control over that situation. They get to buy into the process. And then when you do need them to just go along with it, they're more likely to do so because they've been given so many options and so many choices all day long to give them that feeling of independence. Now one of my favorite tools with these really young kids in the midst of this oppositional stage is one, two, three magic. This is giving a choice while setting a boundary. I used to use this all the time. Well, I used it all the time with all of them But I distinctly remember using it all the time with my twin son who would climb up onto the dining room table. I gave the choice. Do you want to get yourself down off the table or do you want me to do it? The choice isn't whether or not to get off the table. It's who's going to do it. The nice thing about the do you want to do it or do you want me to do it for you option is that it plays into their independence. Kids this age usually want to do everything themselves and usually opt to comply with the request. So you give the choice, then the warning, then count, and then follow through. So it sounds like this. Do you want to get yourself down off the table or do you want me to do it? If you don't get down by the count of three, I will take you down. Then you count slowly, leaving two to three seconds between counts. This gives your child the chance to think about it and to make a decision. If you count really fast, like one, two, three then you will probably have a full blown tantrum because you didn't give her any time to really consider her options. So you wanna count like this, one, two, three. Then you follow through immediately upon getting to three. Do not stop in the middle of the counting, no matter what protest comes. Keep counting, do not pass go, do not collect $200. Your child may or may not throw a tantrum once you follow through but she also learns that you mean what you say, and within a couple of times of following this protocol, she will most likely scramble down off the table, go get her shoes, pick out her dress, or whatever it is that you are asking her to do as soon as you start the counting. And this is what happened in our house. It only took a couple of times of doing this, and as soon as I would start counting one, my son would just scramble right down off that table, or the other would do exactly the same. Whatever it was I was asking them to do, the moment I started counting, They would go get their shoes. They would put the toy in the box, whatever it was that I asked because they knew that I was going to follow through on whatever boundary it is that I set. Also for parents, it's a great way to begin practicing boundary setting and letting your toddler know that you mean what you say. For more on choices, ways to use them, the pitfalls, and the genius tactics to watch out for. Now, genius tactics are those things that kids will throw in there to try to get around whatever discipline tool you're trying to move use in that moment. And there's some really common ones for both choices and one, two, three magic that kids will throw in there. So in order to learn more about that and other great tools for dealing with toddlers, you can see our class, Discipline Tools for Toddlers, on the website at yourvillageonline.com. So Linda, I hope this gives you some really good places to start and some good tools for getting some compliance in these really difficult toddler years. In the next episode, I will share the ways to combat summer learning loss. Kids lose an average of two months of skill over the summer. So to learn ways to keep your kids' minds sharp over the summer in fun and engaging ways, be sure to tune into that episode. If you would like to see what else we have coming for episodes or to submit a question, you can go to yourvillageonline.com podcast, or you can also submit feedback and questions at podcast at yourvillageonline.com to let me know what topics you would like to hear about or send in any questions. And if you like what you're hearing, I really hope that you will give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks so much for listening to this episode and I'll see you next time.